Call for Action presents Of Consuming Interest, a public service show that discusses scams, deceptive offers, and other consumer concerns. Here's the director of WJLA 7 Call for Action and your host, Shirley Rooker. Moving is a big undertaking. But since it isn't something that we do on a regular basis, we really need to make sure that we understand the do's and don'ts of moving. Also, we're going to give you some very useful information if you have a move that's going to take you out of the country, though there's some aspects of that that you may not be familiar with. My guest today is Scott Michael. He's the president and CEO of American Moving and Storage Association. Scott, welcome back to Of Consuming Interest. It's nice to see you again. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, you know, this is a big subject, and this is something that, as I said, we don't do it very often, so we're really not prepared. We don't know how to go about it. We need to get a lot of information. And first off, what about your website? Do you have information there that we can send consumers to to help them prepare? Absolutely. Our, our moving.org website is a great resource, a great place to start your uh, your search for information to help you prepare for the move. Okay. So, and and that preparation period is, is so essential. I haven't moved forever, but I know in talking to consumers, and sometimes they really get into problems because they've really checked out the mover or they have not done their homework on what kind of contract they want to get and all of that sort of stuff. So let's let's walk it through. I'm coming to you, Scott, and saying, I'm going to move, Scott, scared to death. What's the first thing I should do? Well, the first thing you want to do is get some ideas of uh, companies to use and uh, who you want to, to help you with that particular move. And we recommend that you get at least three companies to come in, take mm-hmm. a look at what you have, and give you an estimate of, of what it would take to get everything moved for where you need to go. Now, is it going to depend on whether I'm moving within the area or to enter or intrastate? Is that going to make a difference? It'll make a difference in terms of how the movers handle it, uh, certainly. If it's a move that's happening locally. Within the D.C. area, the metropolitan area, for example. Locally within wherever you happen to live. Uh, In in the D.C. area, within the commercial area of D.C., it's considered a local move, and and they typically will charge by the hour for how Mm -hmm. long uh, the the move takes. Okay. If you're going out of the the local area, uh, across state lines, but... uh, some of the local moves across state lines are considered local. So really you know, out of the area is an interstate move. And those are based on the weight of the shipment and also the distance traveled. So now, it, it, it's different the weight than of the shipment hours. is a big deal. And the big deal here, at, at least from what I hear from consumers, is how important it is that you figure out what kind of contract you want, which can be there's a different kinds of, of estimates that you can get or a binding estimate. Can you explain to us what those are? Sure. There's a, a binding estimate, which is what it sounds like. It's the, the mover is bound to charge you only the amount that's in that particular estimate for the services that, that you have there. If you find that there's additional things that you need, if you have items in the garage or a shed or up in the attic, then you need to revise that estimate and, and agree on a new charge for the additional things that need to be handled. Okay, so you have the really important that the consumer make sure that they include everything that they want to go when they talk to that mover. Get what Certainly movers. Makes, your, makes your estimate a lot more accurate right. if you know what's going to be handled. Okay, so if you're going to get rid of stuff, you should get rid of it probably before you have the mover come in and give you an estimate. It's, that's the easiest way to do it, if you can get right. rid of things or ahead of time. Or if you can separate and, it out. Yeah, and, and, and I know there's times when consumers think they're going to be able to get rid of items, and then they don't, and, and then they end up with more they than they up. planned. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's certainly so, a challenge. So the binding estimate guarantees you, within reason, if you don't change the parameters, um, 
that you, when you arrive at your destination, that's the amount you know that it's going to cost you to move. All right. Now, what about the non-binding? Is that one that gives more wiggle room to the mover? And is that where consumers run into more trouble? The, the non-binding estimate does give more more leeway, either up or down. So it could be less than the, mm-hmm. the amount estimated, or it could be higher than the amount estimated. It is bound based on the weight. So the it's it's non-binding in that sense. But if, if you come in with the same weight that they estimate, then the charge would be the same. If it's more okay. weight, then it would be more. If it's less weight, then it would be well, less. Well, you know that the problems that we hear from consumers, and, and look, I know that most movers are legitimate. They don't have, create problems and so on. But there's a small percentage that it, it's in any profession that you've got those bad guys out there. So let's talk about the bad guys. There's some rogue operators out oh, yeah. there, and, and some of them use a binding estimate, and some of them use a non-binding. So, so it, you really it, don't know. You really don't. It's not It's not a guarantee that, you, that you're dealing with one kind of an operator versus another. And really the challenge is these guys aren't following the rules. They're not licensed nope. in many cases. They're not obeying the law, so they're just doing whatever they want to rip you off. So Well, you now wanna... we get complaints from consumers that will say, well, we got to my destination. And it seems like a lot of people moved to Florida, and they run into some trouble. And they tell us, well, the movers here telling me that if I don't give them another $2,000, they're not going to give me my furniture. Are they going to put it in a warehouse and they're going to charge me storage fees, et cetera, et cetera. I know that that is not permitted and that's against the law. I often tell them to call the police. I don't know whether that's good advice or not. What would you recommend a consumer do? Well, it is against the law to uh, to charge to hold the shipment hostage and refuse to release it if if you don't pay a, an exorbitant amount on top of that. Mm-hmm. With the non-binding estimate, you can collect up to ten percent more. At so delivery. there is a so limit how much a non-binding estimate can go over the the original. At at the time of delivery, they they can only charge the ten percent more. Okay. If there's additional costs, they would have to bill you thirty days later for the excess. I see. Okay, so but they you have would... to release it. They can't. They can't right. hold it but hostage they, but anymore. But you know, so. and I know that some of them do. Right. The yeah. The the bad guys out there that aren't following the law and aren't aren't obeying any of the rules. They're they're doing whatever they feel like. Is it good advice to tell them to call the police? You can try the police, and, and in some jurisdictions, the police are willing to, to assist with those types of, of things. So, you know, the worst thing that happens is they say, no, we don't get involved well, in well, commercial you, look, disputes. Maybe it at least scare the person. It might. That's, yeah, you know, you just say, well, I'm getting the police on the phone, and we'll see what, what they've got to say about this. It's worth a try. They may be willing to help. Is if, there any other thing that, that a consumer can do to protect against this? Well, Other than an, knowing that you've got a good mover, yeah. Once once it's happened and and you're being you're confronted with this hostage situation, you can call the the federal government if it's an interstate move. The mm-hmm. FMCSA has a, a helpline for uh, consumer complaints, and you can reach out to them. It's on their Protect Your Move. Who is this organization? Who is it? The the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration is part of the U.S. Department of Transportation, and they have a website protectyourmove.gov. And so this is a government agency that that regulates moving companies, and they maintain this consumer complaint database and take the calls from consumers on interstate long-distance moves. Do they make that problem. database accessible to consumers? Can you go in and see who the complaints are about? It's on their website, the Protect Your Move Hot website. Hot dog, I has, love that. has the, the complaints listed there. So you can go in and see what kind of complaints have been registered against a mover. Um and, you know, and I always say consumers, just because somebody's complained about a company doesn't mean it's bad, but it's a pattern of behavior that you need to look at. And I think that that would be, hopefully, we're going to, well, first off, I want to make sure that consumers know this and know the place to go to complain so that their their information will be passed on to other people taking a move because that's one of the best ways to protect yourself is complain. 
Complain, complain, complain. All right. And let's... that's one of the good places to check. And you have to see if there's a, if it's a very large company, then they're doing a lot of moves. And so they're bound to have more complaints than some sure. of the smaller ones. Of course, you ones, have to take that into consideration. At, at that. Exactly. But, but that let's, is a good resource. Let's just take a brief pause here to let our listeners know that they're tuned in to, to of consuming interest. I'm Shirley Rooker. My guest is Scott Michael. He is the president and CEO of the American Moving and Storage Association. And since Washington, D.C., metropolitan area is a very, uh, what should I say, fluid area in terms of moving, there's a lot of stuff going on in and out of Washington. And we really need to know how to move because that is something that most of us don't do very often. So you're giving them some great information, Scott. Your organization has a website, moving.org. Do you list complaints against movers on your website, or is that up to the federal government's site? Yeah, we don't list those on the on the website, okay. but we do have a, a list of good movers on the website. Okay. We try and focus on that. And Of course. I don't blame you. That's your association, absolutely. your industry. So we've certified uh, thousands of professional movers as pro-movers is what we call them. And we have lists on our on our moving.org website that that, okay. that you can find ones in your area that that, that can help you. So we do try you and focus want to hear that. from consumers if they have a bad problem, if they have a problem with a yeah, mover? Absolutely. And, okay. and we have complaint forms on our website so to help people target their information, explain what mm-hmm. the, the problem was that happened. And, and we collect those complaints. And, and if there's. If it's against one of our members, then we then we can take action against sure. the, the company. Now, it, in the in terms of the uh, government website, the under the U.S. Department of Transportation, protectyourmove.gov, that's a site where consumers can go and complain. Now, if if they're in a hostage situa- situation, this is probably going to be in the daytime, and if it's during the week. Or is there an 800 number they can call anytime? Yeah, there's a toll free number that they that they have on their website. Is that a 24 hour? Do you know? I'm yeah, I'm not sure how, okay, how long well, we'll that's find manned, that out. But, Listeners, uh, do uh, protectyourmove.gov has the the, has the all phone the number info, on so there. that's where you can go find right. out. And and these are things that people should do before they even start to get a mover, right? And that's really the best advice at all is to you know, before you get started with this, make sure you research mm-hmm. what the moving company is that you're dealing with, sure. what their background is. And if you if you do a good job of of the upfront research, mm-hmm. you'll end up with a good company, and you won't find yourself in this situation. Right, you right. You won't and find yourself it, stuck with one of these rogues. That I haven't moved in ages, but you know what? You never know when a move is around the corner. So, um, it, 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 I being in the job that I'm in, I do hear from a lot of people who've moved and had problems. Now, there's a there's a you all mentioned specifically in a news release recently a, a rogue company in Florida. What have they done? They've taken the name of a legitimate company and they're ripping off consumers. We we see that happen sometimes, where where legitimate professional movers have spent decades, you know, hundreds of years, trying to build a reputation, doing a good job with mm-hmm. what they do, and then a, a rogue comes in and tries to play off of that name and and either steals the entire name or comes up with something that's very similar, similar. to it. And uh, and you know, in this case, they, there's a local moving company that has that name, and and they are seeing all these bad complaints coming in about moves that they had nothing to do with. And, it's, and they're not located in Florida, but this company right. is in Florida. That's right. Now, t- tell us the process of how a move transpires. Okay. So I've, when I'm moving, let's say I'm moving to Florida, um, I get a mover. They're going to take my stuff, but the people that pick it up are not going to be people, people that deliver it, right? How is it transported? How is that done? 
So if you're moving locally or or even up to a couple hundred miles, it could be the same crew same that company. handles the oh, yes, entire exactly. if the it's, entire if move. If it's close, uh-huh. Um, if you're going outside of uh, about four, five, six hundred miles, it's it'll definitely be passed on to uh, to other folks that can do that. Um, for those long distance moves, we have professional drivers that uh, are are typically owner operators that own their own equipment, and they come in at the origin. They work with a local crew to get everything packed up, loaded into the truck drive to the other end and, and find a different crew at the other end to help deliver into the residence. Is there any way to tell how long this process is going to take? Well, the movers should be able to give you an estimate of, of how long it would take. Mm-hmm. But the, the challenge is they try and uh, identify multiple shipments to consolidate onto the truck. Sure, of course. That makes and, sense. Uh, you don't know if they're going to have to go a little bit out of their way to pick up someone else or, mm-hmm. or what the sequence will be for that. So, so one of the things is, is to allow plenty of planning time. Absolutely. And to know what they're going to be getting into when, on the other end. Because I've heard from some consumers who will say, well, they wouldn't take my refrigerator up four floor flights to uh, to my walk-up apartment and you need to you need to lay out all those specifics am i right yeah it challenges uh you know when you have uh narrow staircases mm-hmm. there, there may be hard to get things into that so it's good to take a look at those areas and it might even be a good idea when you're purchasing or renting this new property to take pictures of it that's a great idea great advice to to help mm-hmm. understand what the the parameters are and and what impact might have Okay, so let's get over the hurdle. We found a legitimate mover. We're getting our stuff there, but let's talk about the process itself. Um, do you all recommend that consumers pack their own stuff, that they leave it up to the company to pack it? And what is the different liability issues if you do either of those? So doing the packing yourself is one way to save some money, and uh, that's that's a you know labor-intensive part of the move process that would cost a, a, a fair amount of money to hire someone to do. So that is one way to try and save some money. Uh, the, there is an advantage, though, to having a professional do the packing because they know what they're doing and, and they're likely to be able to protect the items better mm-hmm. to make sure that they, they don't get broken at the other end. And as you point out, the liability is different. If, uh, if something gets broken that you packed yourself, you're going to be responsible, responsible for, the, for, for the packing. Uh, so you know, that's that's not going to be something the mover would take credit for. All right. Now, what about the um, – if I'm – let's suppose that I'm – I don't have any, but let's suppose I'm moving China that's very precious and, you know, it's worth thousands of dollars. Now, if it gets broken, there's there's not going to be any – it's not going to be replaced, and I'm not going to get enough money out of the – regular insurance how am i trying to ask this what do i need to do to make sure that i get enough money to pay for that if it's broken so there's different coverage options that that's, you can, that's it covered that, thank you very much scott <laughs> that you can select and it's good to talk with your mover about what options that particular mover mm-hmm. uh, provides and, mm-hmm. and the different costs associated with them the base coverage, as as you were trying to say, is is very limited. The base co- thank you very much. And it's you know sixty cents a pound, and you know if you have a plate that's that weighs a pound, then you 60 get sixty cents, cents for that plate. Oh so it's uh, it's you know it's limited in that regard. Mm-hmm. So movers do offer a full replacement level of coverage that would replace that that mm-hmm. broken china for you. Um, there's different deductibles that they offer usually. Sure. So you you know you may have different price points that you that you need to talk about and decide whether you're willing to to have a five hundred dollar deductible or two hundred dollars or right. whatever the mover offers. Right. In terms of that, and well, just be aware of what the choices know. are. 
Mm-hmm. Be aware of what? Of what the choices are. To, oh, to, yeah. To look at. Oh, yes, yes. I think, and being aware that, that there is a limit on how much the regular insurance is going to cover to cover you so that if you have valuables that are much more and and that should really have a probably be a different insurance policy altogether from your regular move but anyway let's just uh, take a brief pause here to let our listeners know they're tuned to of consuming interest i'm shirley rooker my guest is scott michael he's the president and ceo of the american moving and storage association and we're trying to make your move less painful and some good advice, and their website is moving.org, which is going to tell you the things that you need to know to prepare for a move. And preparation, as Scott has pointed out, is one of the most important things that you can do, is knowing what the uh, your rights are and how to go about picking out a mover. Okay, so we've, we've got to think about then getting insurance on that antique face or whatever it is that we've got that's, that's precious to us. Um, would that be a separate policy? So you, you have the ability to get coverage from the mover directly, and they would, would be uh, responsible for different things. You can also go to an insurance company and get separate coverage. I see. Your homeowner's policy may have a separate rider that you can get or some type mm-hmm. of coverage That's that you can get That's a good idea. As, Home, as check with homeowners. Um, so, you know, you could, you could do that or you could get your coverage through the mover. So there's different options. So check all those options out and, and you've got to understand the value of what it is that you're moving and how much you want to protect it. What happens if you're, you're moving a piece of furniture and it gets nicked. Will the company come? And 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 here's the question. The company could say, well, that's an old chest. You had this nick on there before we moved it. What is the best process for homeowners to take pictures? I mean, I'm, I'm a big one into having a record. Pictures are a great way to identify the, uh, the items that you have. Uh, videos, you can take your phone and video sure. everything that's in the room. And some movers are even using that technique of the, the videos to do a survey in advance of the move to identify the items and not have to be there in person. Well, I would um, think the mover would want to video any item that's got damage to it before they pick it up to move it. You can certainly look at the at the pre-existing damage to to pieces mm-hmm. in that in that origin video to to identify what's changed and and what's new damage that because the mover caused. Pieces of furniture may not be pristine if they've been around. You got kids, and you know kids. Can do a few things. Things, things there. get banged up sometimes. Absolutely, <laughs> they do, unfortunately. The, the repair professionals that, that that are out there really do a great job of looking yeah. at the items. They can tell if, if there's a scratch that's a new scratch or it's a really old scratch. Um, they can do a lot of things with that right. as well. So. Well, my last move, I was very lucky. I had a great mover, and they took care of. There was a few nicks, nothing, nothing big deal. Okay, let's talk. All right, so we're going to say to people, go to moving.org. And if you're having a problem and you want to complain, and also go to protectyourmove.gov, which has information and complaints on companies, how many complaints they've gotten, et cetera, et cetera. It's a great source of information for consumers. Let's talk about something that I had, frankly, never talked about and have, have not even focused on, and that is if you're moving abroad. And certainly in an area like Washington, D.C., metropolitan area, there are a lot of people here that are moving abroad, whether with a company or with with the federal government and whatnot. Tell us what you all are working on because of the exposure of personal information for people moving overseas. So one of the challenges that we've learned as we move people back uh, into the United States from overseas is the Customs and Border Protection is gathering all kinds of information about each shipment that comes into the States. And this you're is, talking, excuse me, you're talking about people who are coming back, not going out. Correct. This, is, this is really an inbound situation inbound. where, okay, where Customs is, and Border Protection 
in order to protect our country, they're doing an important job of there. Of course they are. They need to know what's in every container that's coming back. Is it uh, some kind of weapon of mass destruction? Is it a shipment of bananas? Is it a you know household goods shipment? Is it automobile parts? They, they need to know what's included in every mm-hmm. single thing that's coming into the country. And so they collect all kinds of data on each shipment that's coming into the, into the states. And as part of that process, they're required to release the information that they collect to these various data brokers, and that information then becomes public out there. Now, who are they required to release it to? There's, there's some uh, data brokers that, that collect this kind of information, and some of it's useful for statistical purposes if you're trying to track the, the economic commerce that's coming into the country and, and how much uh, automobile shipments are coming in or how much other stuff. So they, there is a legitimate reason to have some of the data. But that's different than a personal move. It's different than a personal move, but it's all collected. It's all coming on the same boats, the same shipments. So it's all treated the same. It's all treated the same. No and, matter whether it's your personal stuff and your personal information or it's a corporation that they're dealing with. And that's really the, so that's the where challenge the problem that, we, is. that we found. It's, you know, it's in, if you have a shipment of bananas and you know that the shipper is Chiquita Banana or whoever, that their address, phone number, all their information mm-hmm. It's not really an issue if that becomes no, because public. it's a corporation and right. But when it's a shipment of an individual person's items and their social security number, their passport number, their address that it's being shipped to, which is their home address, Whoa. is all released to the public. That's kind of an issue. That is definitely an issue. Who are these brokers that are are getting this information? It's it's they really, obviously have a relationship with the federal government. Yeah, they're they're buying the the data from the from the customs folks, and and I don't have a right to say don't sell my data. So they they have set up a process to opt out of having your data released. And but the, do consumers know that? the The challenge is one nobody knows about it, and what we found is that it can take months or even over a year. For to get your information opted out. And by that time, the shipment's already happened. The the data's already been released, and it's too late to really stop it. That's just spreading information needlessly. The challenge that we found, we we learned about this because the military's involved. And uh, the big, probably the largest single group of people coming back Mm -hmm. from overseas are military service members. And so having their information released in this way is just horrible. And there's a lot of federal workers, civilian federal workers, that are affected by this as well, that are stationed at embassies overseas mm-hmm. or other foreign duty stations. Okay, so now there's legislation that's making its way through the hill. So we're, we've worked with a number of members of Congress to get some legislation out there. We have a Senate bill that's sponsored by Senator Daines and Senator Peters. We have a Republican, Democrat on that. On the House side, we've got Congressman Denham and Congressman Pascrell, again, a Republican Democrat. So this is a bipartisan issue. Mm-hmm. We're getting support from both sides of the aisle. Both it should si- be a bipartisan issue because it really affects all consumers. Absolutely. So we haven't seen a lot of opposition, but we're working hard to, to get mm-hmm. Congress to, to get involved and step up. And, and, and in get the meantime, the people coming back and a move from abroad should be aware that they have the right to opt out. But that opt-out isn't really going to protect them. It may not if they don't get the, the data processed in a timely manner. And it, they may have find that their data has been released before the, the opt-out form gets processed. Oh, dear. 
Um, that, that that does cause some real concerns, and I hope that you're very successful in moving forward with this Thank because you. that Thank would you. be a very, very useful thing for consumers and great protection for them. Well, Scott, can't believe the time's gone. It's great to have you here. Thank you so Thanks much for, for providing us. The website is moving.org. Be sure you check it out. If you're planning that move, you need to know before you get the movers in your house or apartment what you're going to take and so on and so forth. So you've been listening to Off Consuming Interest. My guest has been Scott Michael. He's the president and CEO of American Moving and Storage Association. And you've been listening to Off Consuming Interest right here on Federal News Radio 1500 AM. You can reach me, Shirley, at callforaction.org. And we thank you so much for joining us. Again, Scott, thank you for a very informative interview. Thanks so much. Of Consuming Interest is a public service program presented by WJLA 7 Call for Action, hosted by Shirley Rooker. Call for Action is an international nonprofit network of hotlines which offer free and confidential assistance. If you have a complaint, contact Call for Action at 301-652-HELP. That's 301-652-HELP.